Hello and welcome back to Chamber Chatter, the official podcast for the Menominee Area Chamber Visitor Center. As always, I'm Ashley Demuth, CEO for the Menominee Area Chamber, and we are excited to talk about today's topic, which is all about rail. Um, we've had quite a few phone calls and emails, people stopping in and asking questions about the real rail plan that was recently put out with the state. And I have two special guests with me today who I would consider topic experts on this. They're, they're nudging their shoulders. They're not quite sure. Uh, for our listeners, if you were able to see them, you'd see they were, are, are you guys the topic experts? Do you consider yourself? I'd consider Scott to be. Out of our community, maybe. Out of our community. We, we pay, pay attention and try to be knowledgeable. <laughs> good remarks. Good remarks. But today I have Scott Rogers, who's the Vice President of Governmental Affairs with the Eau Claire Chamber of Commerce, as well as Gretchen Yanko, who is on the Menominee Area um, City Council right? Menominee yes. City Council, Ward 4. Correct. So thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate being Thanks. here. And you two have been involved in the rail conversation for quite some time. So um, first off, can you maybe just tell us a little bit about you, your role as City Council, as well as with the Eau Claire Chamber? We'll start there. Sure. I, I came on uh, about a year ago uh, as part of my role as a City Council member. Uh, I joined the uh, Chippewa-St. Croix Passenger Rail Commission um, is a group working towards towards an end of getting passenger rail back to our area. And Gretchen, can you explain to us where Ward 4 is in Menominee? Ward 4 is centrally located, so um, portions of, of Stout and downtown are actually in Ward 4, and I am on the, the eastern end of it, uh, butting up against Wards 10 and 9, uh, heading towards Eau Claire area. <laughs> and how did a city council person end up on a rail commission? Well, uh, we wanted representation from each of the cities and counties, and we also have a county representative. Gary Steens is uh, representing Dunn County on our commission. So uh, we needed to have representation because uh, it's up, all the communities in the area are uh, working together to get this going. And Gretchen, you're, you're local, right? You, oh, yes. You grew up in Menominee. <laughs> I did. I grew up in Menominee and left for about 17 years uh, and then brought my family back here in 2007. So I've been back in Menominee uh, in the house I'm in for, you know, since 2007, but I grew up over by the high school. So you've really been able to see the community evolve and you, you leave, experience other communities and then come back and, and see the continued evolution yep. beyond that as well. Yep. And I've ridden on, ridden on passenger rail and other communities and other countries and uh, I'm really excited about getting that opportunity to, to be able to use that here absolutely well thank you so much for that background so so Scott kind of same jam uh, vice president governmental affairs with the Eau Claire Chamber of Commerce you've been with the chamber there for how long so I've been uh, I've been in Eau Claire for 21 years I've been uh, uh, in my role at the chamber for nine uh, for the 11 years before that, actually, I was an active business investor in the chamber and was on the Government Affairs Committee, on the Board of Directors, things like that. And I had the opportunity a few years ago to move into a staff role at the chamber. To, my wife says I'm doing, I'm getting paid for what I used to volunteer to do uh, <laughs> because I've always been interested in public policy. And uh, passenger rail, actually, when I moved to Eau Claire, was already a priority of the Eau Claire Chamber of the Chippewa Valley Rally, which your chamber and the Chippewa Chamber and Eau Claire have been doing together now for 29 years. 
And so you obviously have experienced other communities. You moved to Eau Claire um, prior to that. You were in more rural communities, large cities. What did that look like? So uh, all of my married life, I've lived in medium-sized cities like Eau Claire. So uh, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa, uh, the Appleton, Nina area across Wisconsin. Uh, but I've had positions before professionally where I did a lot of traveling. Mm. And uh, I was in places like uh, Illinois, I would go to places like Illinois or the Northeast or even California and see what they all and how that was kind of a missing piece for our community. And so when I actually moved to Eau Claire and I went to my first chamber uh, government affairs committee meeting, uh, the, they said, hey, we have this committee that's working on getting passenger rail to our area. And it was really some of the leaders of our communities like uh, Bill Leinenkugel and Owen Ayers and some people that have since passed on but had a vision that we need this for our long-term economic future. And so Chippewa Valley Rally, um, the, our area chambers have had that on our agenda for a long time because in Wisconsin, um, we have had actually passenger rail in the southeast part of the state. The Chicago and Milwaukee mm -hmm. corridor has been one of the most successful in the country. And I'm jumping probably way ahead here, no, but, that's okay. <laughs> but um, I still like to travel by train. Uh, my wife and I have a trip. We're leaving out of Red Wing next week, but sometimes we go to Toma. We have to go an hour and a half to get on the train. And when we go to the cities or Milwaukee, we'd like to be able to get on the train in one of our communities like Eau Claire, uh, Menominee, or, or Hudson. And it makes it hard, yeah, when you have to drive. I, I mean, you're you're still driving an hour, hour and a half to get there, so... That's off of your trip and your travel, and obviously, so you're traveling more for leisure via train. Usually, usually. Um, a little bit of my background, and I, I hesitate to call myself an expert like you did, <laughs> but I have been somewhat immersed in it just because of my personal interest, but as well as the interest economically of our native for Wisconsin. Um, and there's eight Midwest states that work together on expanding and managing their passenger rail systems. And so um, I'm actually the financial officer for that commission, one of four people from Wisconsin that serve on it. And we meet regularly, and I've actually traveled by train to the commission meetings, uh, and that's actually been part of it. So, like, we are meeting in September in normal uh, Bloomington, Normal, Illinois, which is a medium-sized city mm -hmm. with a state university and has had tremendous economic development around the station. So our next meeting is actually there. So I'm going to be taking the train to Chicago and then from Chicago to, to Normal uh, for that meeting. So that's not just for leisure. That, I guess, is for business as well. But I would use it for business more if it were available if here. If it were available. Yeah. And so that's why we're, that's why we're here today and talking about this. Um, so first off, very basic Rail for Dummies. What is passenger rail? You, uh, it's traveling uh, as an individual on a, on a train. <laughs> so when people see the the trains here, those are more commodity rail based freight freight rail, and there uh, there are various types of passenger rail. We've got the the long distance uh, passenger rail, which most people know about Amtrak, and the Empire Builder that you know you can go out to to Seattle. Um, that would be the long distance, and what we're talking about is um, our regional corridor. Um, you know, and it's shorter, less than 750 miles I believe in length um, but it's it'll be for everything not just and then there's commuter rail which is is for business you know 
commuters back and forth, which has a definite time frame that that occurs. But we're talking about passenger rail in the the sense of of all you know you can travel for work, but also travel to you know a game in you know the Twin Cities or or any you know go from Menominee to Eau Claire really excites me. Uh, because transport is mostly by car between our two cities right mm-hmm. now. So having having that, you know, capability could really open up a lot of economic development, um, transit-oriented development around those areas. So um, we'll talk about that more later, I, I'm assuming, because that is, that is the, really the meat of why it's so exciting. Definitely and, the core. Yeah, and Amtrak is probably the most well-known, but there are other ways to do uh, passenger trains. Right. And there are all kinds of them. What what we don't necessarily recognize in our area because you don't experience it every day, is that the last scheduled passenger train to stop in Menominee and Eau Claire was in July of 1963. So now we've just passed the 60th anniversary. But there are other communities like La Crosse or many of them in Illinois and Michigan, et cetera, that have never lost passenger rail. They've always had it. And then one of the things that has happened over the last few years is that where passenger rail has been expanded, it's been tremendously successful. And interestingly enough, even places like California, which we think is very auto-oriented, their their corridors from like Sacramento to San Francisco or from um, San Diego to LA up to the northern counties, they've had tremendous expansion of use of passenger rail and you can avoid having to travel by, by highway. And even our nearby states like uh, Illinois, Michigan, driving by yourself, competitive with driving. And one of the things that we don't always think about is if you are on a train and you have Wi-Fi, for instance, mm. you get Double your duty. time back. You're not yeah. s- mm-hmm. having your hands glued to the wheel worrying about dodging the crazy drivers on 94 or the heavy <laughs> truck traffic or construction. Or construction. You <laughs> construction. have to leave a half hour sooner than you otherwise would because you don't know what the travel is going to be like. And it doesn't mean that we're going to close 94 and make mm-hmm. everybody take the train. It would be to give you an option and even drivers benefit. Cause if you can take a few hundred people off the highway every day, mm. it's going to be easier to drive too. Absolutely. So rail plan wise, there's a rail plan out there. Um, we were able to share that with our investors here a few weeks ago, but can you talk just a little bit about the plan? Because this is not an overnight thought. They didn't just convene this group a week ago. Um, this has been something that's been in discussion for some time. So can you can you fill us in a little bit about the process as well as the plan? I think Scott can fill in about the process. Um, I, I've been reading it, um, uh, newer to it, and. Uh, but uh, the Wisconsin Rail Plan is the Rail Plan 2050. Mm-hmm. So that gives you, you know, the time frame for this rail plan includes everything, including freight and passenger rail. Um, our commission is mentioned in the rail plan as, you know, it is it is a very prominent uh, portion of it, our corridor. Um, and and it's exciting to be on that because it is such a, a long range plan. But, you know, hopefully we'll be moving along faster than that. Uh, maybe Scott, you want to talk about yeah, so how it came about. So just like, um, actually, some of the transition we're making, we always expected passenger rail and freight rail, and freight rail primarily is to sort of fund itself. But then what we've always said, well, we're going to build highways, and we're going to build mm-hmm. airports, and air traffic control system, and we're going to support the waterways. And we always kind of left rail on its own, and it was really hard economically for rail to compete with all the public investments and other things. And so 
there have been uh, programs, you know, right now, if you are going to fund a highway, it's heavily federal funding usually and some state funding and a little bit of local funding. Sure. And until now, we're, we're now at the first time that passenger rail has been identified by Congress. If you've heard of the bipartisan infrastructure law that covered all modes, um, it included unprecedented amounts of money to develop a passenger rail system in our country, similar to what we did with the interstate rail, interstate highway system in the 50s and 60s. And what they've done is say, we're going to put these funding mechanisms out there to start doing some planning. And to be eligible for that funding, they require the states to have something called a rail plan. They've always done that because there has been some funding in the past, but this is really a, a new ball game now. And so the state publishes a rail plan, says, here's our vision for where passenger rail and then also the freight rail programs. The plan is like 400 pages. It's comprehensive. Uh, it's long. Uh, <laughs> although the pages that deal with Menominee are, there's two pages. Go to Adobe, uh, go to search and type in Menominee. Yeah. Section um, 39. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what they have done is they've laid out that they expect passenger rail to develop in our state and there are going to be communities like Green Bay, Appleton, uh, Eau Claire, Menominee that the state has the vision that we want passenger rails to those communities and so then when our commission or Wisconsin DOT makes an application to the federal government to say we want to develop passenger rail they'll say well are you in the rail plan hmm. and now that we are and we were actually in the rail plan before but this one is more comprehensive and more immediate in terms of expecting uh, some action to happen on, in a near-term basis. In fact, WSDOT and the commission have both put in applications with the Federal Railroad Administration to get planning money to work on to take it to the next step. And so there are multiple scenarios outlined in the plan, if I remember correctly, and Menominee would be included in most of those scenarios, all of those scenarios? Two of the yeah, two of the scenarios that the commission uh, put forth, and uh, so those uh, Menominee, along with the other, I mean, there's there's multiple communities. I believe seven cities. Also um, important to note is that the the universities and the technical colleges are also on board and part and part of the commission and attending the meetings. So um, there, is, it's it's a public private. Uh, collaboration that is is all-encompassing as I was saying there's 27 people were at the meeting this morning and only a few duplicate representations from a community or a, a group or you know WizDOT and MinDOT and all, all the, the organizations that are working together the counties and the um, um, it's it's really um, a, a fabulous uh, group of people that are that are working effectively and practically to get this rolling in a really efficient way and um, with everyone with an eye towards their own community as well as Menominee. I've been really enjoying um, having Menominee be connected with this this group because um, you know we stand to benefit but also working with the group will we'll, I think together we're going to come up with the most um, effective and efficient and usable fun way, I don't know, fun might be, but 
you know, usable travel, like so that yeah. it's practical um, for our community and is useful for our community, but also keeps us connected with the other communities and great ideas are flowing around right now. And so then what, what would be the nearest corridors, Menominee, um, outside of Menominee, Eau Claire? Um, yeah, so, so you can kind of give you some context on the commission too, because it's a little bit unique. Um, the, um, usually you think of Wisconsin DOT taking the lead on something like that, and they have already um, in the state. So the Chicago and Milwaukee corridor, Wisconsin DOT works with Amtrak to run that. Sure. Um, there's seven trains a day. It's been fabulously successful. It runs 95% on time. It's really the best way to get between those two cities. You hear about the trains in Chicago all the time. You bet. And then um, the there's a long distance train called the Empire Builder that runs through La Crosse. So it comes from Milwaukee across the state uh, through Toma and La Crosse. It crosses the river, goes through Red Wing up to the Twin Cities, and then on to the West Coast. I'm actually riding that train next week uh, to go out to the West Coast. Um, uh, and Wisconsin and Minnesota are working together to put a second train on that that'll just run from St. Paul to Chicago. So there'll be more options for times. Sure. Plus, sometimes the West Coast train runs late because of weather or freight traffic or whatever. I was on it near a park when the, yeah. the wind was blowing too strong, so we had a two-hour delay yeah. waiting for to go across a trestle, which I'm glad we delayed. Safety first. <laughs> Safety first. Right. But the train starting in, in St. Paul will run on time. Um, so so Wisconsin and Minnesota in this, this there's an application process right now where Amtrak, where, where Federal Railroad Administration, USDOT said, we want communities and states to propose corridors for us to fund planning and then take the next stage so we can build this system out. And so WSDOT has actually put in four corridors. They want to continue to develop the current Chicago-Milwaukee. They want to do more on the La Crosse route. They want to extend service up to Green Bay mm -hmm. uh, through the Fox Valley and Fond du Lac. And then they have put in a corridor that would run additional Chicago to Twin City services, which is, by the way, one of the biggest travel markets in the in the Midwest uh, through Madison and or the Eau Claire Menominee route. So that's one of the proposals that's active. WSDOT has put that in. Our commission has supported that and said, yeah, we want to go east as well as west. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wisconsin law allows communities to do transportation commissions and the, infra the federal infrastructure law, the bipartisan infrastructure, infrastructure law makes commissions like this eligible for federal funding too. And because of the strong interest that has existed for quite a while in this corridor, um, the three counties and um, six municipalities got together, passed resolutions saying, we're gonna create this corridor, uh, be a, what we call a regional corridor. So between Eau Claire, Menominee and the Twin Cities, having trains similar to the Hiawatha one between Chicago and Milwaukee, having a regional train service that would run uh, for four or more times a day and have convenient way to get to, to the Twin Cities. And Wisconsin DOT and Minnesota DOT have supported that. Uh, the counties on the Minnesota side have supported it. Uh, the Union Pacific Railroad, we haven't really gotten to that, but we would use their tracks because that's what's there for freight service now. They put a lot of investment into it. They are open to making the space available for passenger trains, and they have supported the application too. Um, and so we have some unique things about this corridor that, that we think uh, we want to try out and actually would be national models. 
And so our, our hope is that both the WISDOT and the commission uh, uh, applications are approved and that we can work together on both a through service to the east to Chicago as well as a regional corridor and have them be complementary to each other. We have, what we're working towards is a competitive direct access model, which is rather unique and um, people are looking to us to uh, see what we do and what we accomplish because we are kind of building it as we go. Um, but it, it, it seems to be a very effective way of going about this and, and could increase the speed of having actual passenger rail on the ground rather than the, large, you know, the government only or the private only models. Um, our direct access model where we use lines that already exist is going to be really helpful to getting this off the ground quickly. There are, we think of Amtrak, that's a semi government organization it's supported by the government it runs a little bit more like a private business um, and there are other companies who run contract passenger train services mm. uh, you don't know their names because they don't appear on the side of any trains but they run a lot of the commuter routes around the country and actually Connecticut hired one of those companies to run an inner city line in Connecticut and they put it out for bid and this line got it over Amtrak as far as so our Amtrak could bid for it too, um, but the idea is to use one uh, use a competitive process for the operator, and uh, hopefully make that a model for how can we expand service faster in this country and maybe uh, do it more effectively and cheaper. So that would be part of what we're working on here. We're also as we're working along, we're we're trying to um, keep in mind things like the labor force, um, folks that are working on the trains, um, and thinking about you know, the companies that we're using um, and the sustainability, which has, hasn't been mentioned yet, but that, that's an important piece uh, for me personally and for a lot of folks that I'm talking to. We, we don't want to um, be using outdated or, you know, unhelpful uh, <laughs> trained cars, you know, so, yeah. so we're dealing with, you know, the, the tracks are, you know, different companies from the cars and then the the operators are, you know, there's there's a lot of pieces um, that have to work together. But I, with the amount of folks that are involved and, and we started off uh, on the commission, I've been really impressed with just we're hitting experts right away. We're making sure that we're um, taking into account um, the, the people, the, you know, the machinery, the, the future, um, and, and making this something that is sustainable going through into the future and, and allowing for change, um, uh, the, the ability to, um, you know, people think of rail, sometimes they think of like the old rail and it's a very, <laughs> very stuck, you know, model, you're, you know, the tracks are, are literally a metaphor for <laughs> you can only go here. And um, mm -hmm. we're really thinking of it as a more f fluid and very future oriented um, project and um, trying to, you know, to benefit our communities and uh, to bring in the transit oriented development um, is is really the, the driver of this for our communities is um, it. it the amount of development that it occurs, and Scott could probably talk to this about, in normal Illinois is, is a great example, um, is, is a comparable for our communities. You know, it, it's exciting what can occur around a station. 
and you know and and you know housing is is part of it and and then businesses that can occur around train stations because folks you know it just it it can build and and um when i think of menominee and our area and our development i mean we have the limitation of the existing tracks but that is you know a part of our community that already has a flowing business and can just be enhanced um but for the future so you're hitting some of the questions that we've been receiving. So so great job with that. But um, so overall, there's a there's a significant amount of due diligence that goes into this. They've yeah. really done a great job taking in collective voices as well as, you know, various sectors and industries and getting people involved. And it sounds like Menominee really is a, in a, a great position between the Twin Cities and that lacrosse area heading down to Madison, Chicago land and such. Um, so we're, we're poised in a in a good direction with that. So 2050 is the rail plan. How how does it move forward at this point? So applications are being accepted. Is there a point that we will know, yes, this is for sure happening, we're not sure, or no? So the the this corridor identification program that we talked about, the applications were due in March. We understand that they will announce who gets these corridor designations and initial planning money, which doesn't require a local match, by the way. So each corridor that designated gets a half million dollars to sort of take it to the next step to to look more specifically at, you know, is it feasible on these tracks? Mm -hmm. What is the ridership maybe going to be on a high level? Phase Um, one of four. Yeah. um, But you get that. They really want it to get started. So they're not requiring a local match for that. Um, we understand that they'll be announcing those somewhere probably in October. Okay. And so that will be kind of the, the next big step. And then there would be work that would be undertaken over a, probably another one or two year period to really start digging into some of the aspects of how successful could it be? Can it go to the next stage? Um, a couple things to mention is the new program also is more like highway and other federal programs. So when you move to the implementation stages, the future planning stages only require a 10% state or local match. And then the implementation like capital and et cetera, um, that's gonna require a 20% local match. So it's much more like a highway program, uh, something like that. So it could happen fairly quickly if everything comes together on the planning. And we're actually trying to get ahead of the game and have convened a station planning and development committee to get the municipalities and the counties and the railroad and Amtrak and the potential operators involved in, okay, what do we need to do to carefully select the sites? What what communities need to think about in terms of zoning, uh, things like that, so that we don't really starting from scratch, we have thought about some of these things and then even to look at what's been successful other places. Uh, so that we can make it happen as as soon as possible, but it won't be 2050. It would be. <laughs> It'll be way sooner. Than it that. could be as few as three years. I would say five is a more, and we know transportation projects and, you know, in our communities like Eau Claire, where we've had things like the, Performing Arts Center went in and you know we got the funding for that in 2015. It did open in 2018, but it seemed like that was a really long time to get that, but now we've had it, you know, and so it. Things take time. But it's a very proactive approach, right? You don't want to be reactive on this, and it's very carefully planned and executed at that point. As much as we can plan. I mean, obviously, with station a station planning committee, uh, 
is convened. However, we don't know, like, phase one is when we'll really look at, like, how many parking spots do we need at our mm-hmm. at our station? How many, Menominee, what, you know, how far are we drawing from? Because folks could, you know, take Dunn County Transit, perhaps, from where where they're coming from, or, you know, drive and, and park. Um, how many, you know, how long our station platform has to be? Those details we don't know because we don't know you know the nature of <laughs> right, of the line right. so so we can only do so much um with regard and we also don't you know have we we can come up with ideas of where it's going to be we know it can't be where there's a bend in the tracks we can't be where there's a siding for freight we can't be where there's we can't be right over top of an intersection you don't want the train stopping and then having all the cars backed up Mm. at an intersection you know so we know we have generalities but and it has to be on the train line itself but but beyond that we can't do the details until we know if our corridor has the funding and then we'll really start ramping up with phase one is when we'll start doing all that that we've received too is where would a train station be you're using existing tracks on the tracks right so yeah (laughs) right that's it's going to be near the tracks near the tracks in the vicinity of the tracks town yeah i mean people Mm -hmm. know where the tracks are um you can hear the trains at two in the morning um but they'll be they'll be up on those tracks somewhere so it'll be somewhere in the northern part of the city and scott so you talked a little bit about the local match funding what that looks like um so when they start implementing the local matches right and the municipalities or you know the the county and the city are responsible for helping with that where does that money come from well you know it's 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 always complicated to do any project and it probably would come from lots of different um sources Mm -hmm. uh historically because of the way wisconsin is organized and what local governments have in terms of uh unless they change some probably a lot of it would come from the state um, so that might be the primary source, but it, it would be there. Are, we're finding out that with transportation or development, there's also a lot of federal grants and federal super low interest loans that could help generate commercial development, which then can fund it. We have something called value capture where you, if you get the development around the station, you, because of all that economic activity, you have some ways for that economic activity to fund either the service or the improvement. So those are things those discussions are just starting i think the important thing to point out and you know i put my my hat on as a representative of the business community is we always want it to be it needs to be very efficient and effective and there needs to be a strong return on investment and any investment that goes in has to come back so what's interesting is um through my being on the commission i know the state of missouri which if you want to look at it that's a conservative state right Um, they support a passenger rail line uh, between uh, uh, St. Louis, Jefferson City, and Kansas City, and they did an economic analysis, and they found out that the money they put in, which is something like $8 million a year, which is a, a drop in the bucket in their overall state budget, um, that they get back $25 million because of the economic activity, $25 million in direct tax revenue and over $200 million in economic activity. So they've said this is worth it, we want to do that. So part of even taking the grant money, and WSDOT has told us they were, they're looking at doing the same thing, is to make sure that you do some economic analysis and you say, if we're going to put some public investment in this, what's going to come back and will it be worth it? And that has to be part of the conversation too. Again, just a significant amount of due diligence that goes into this. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I mean, we get the question of, are my taxes going to go up? 
I would say they might go like down. This. I mean, I, taxes right. never go down, right? But, but um, focusing more on the opportunity here right, and right. the return on that investment overall, it could be, I mean, it could be absolutely wonderful for our community. And our city government does a great job of, of really um, using the resources that are available. I mean, we, we've got great grant, you know, grants are coming in. Uh, we've got our TID districts um, to our economic development. And that those are increased tax base. You know, the, the transit-oriented development around the station will, you know, improve our tax base in town. And when when things get rolling, I mean, there's uh, there are a lot of businesses in town also that are polling workers from other areas and if they are able to take a train um the the, re, the amount of spending that may occur in you know in our community um could change and for the better in in my opinion <laughs> and the, the economic competitiveness of our communities if we have this kind of service uh we can attract we need talent we need more Absolutely. people to live here uh if businesses develop so we know that getting into the weeds of municipal finance you know one of the ways that uh, communities uh, can grow is through net new construction. Well, if you if you put in a train station, you get a lot of economic development activity around that. That's going to help your tax base. And then if you have more people moving to your community, that's also more uh, economic activity and taxes. So when I say taxes go down, they may not go down, but we may not have to raise them, or we may have a lot of benefits a from a growing people paying growing right. community. Yeah, absolutely. And you know when you have a train, you're not adding cars and parking spots um, to, I mean, to the train station, but not to you know downtown. And it, 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 we can make connections with buses, bus routes in town, and and the bike trails and things like that. That really, you know, an increase in economic without having a huge you know mall parking lot. Or, you know. And as I've talked, one thing we didn't talk about, I've talked to my colleagues around the state and. I'm working with other chambers of commerce to have some statewide support for expansion, but the d direct mar the destination marketing organizations DMOs. like mm -hmm. DMOs, the Visit Eau Claire and Visit Green Bay and those people, they've said, you know, this is a way to bring people to Wisconsin uh, to spend money. Uh, bring, you know, for instance, in our area, we have great bike trails, we have all the outdoor activities. Um, the newer trains you allow you to bring bikes on them, so, you know, we could have a lot of tourism coming here to, to or go to a show at the Mabel Tainer or yeah. the uh, or Eau Claire. Um, so those are people that we could be bringing in uh, effectively too and making us attractive destinations. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. Um, I think the, the key theme that's resonating today is this is an opportunity. This really is an opportunity in so many different modalities. And I, I think if people have questions about this, right? Like Gretchen said, some of this is still unknown. Uh, we're, we're not quite sure. We will we'll never send you to a dead end. Um, however, sometimes it's just we're, we're not sure yet. And this is still a plan. This is the pre-planning of the pre-phases, right, Gretchen? That's kind of how you put it. Yeah, I'm, re I'm really excited about it, though. And it's it's been uh, it hasn't been work <laughs> to be on the commission. It's It's been really exciting for a community. And uh, um, having been in Menominee so long, I cannot wait to see a train coming through here again. Definitely a value add. So if they would like more information, where can they find it? The You can email me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 
the, the Wisconsin Rail Plan 2050 yeah. is out there. There is, you know, 468 pages, I believe, mm-hmm. of information out there. And we'll have that link to this podcast um, as well as on our website. They, they can contact yeah. me and I can um, give uh, the West Wisconsin Rail Coalition yeah. has a lot of links on their resource there. Yeah. Um, uh, there are multiple uh, trans-oriented development. The f- FRA, has, the Federal Rail Administration, yeah. has um, has a lot of links on their sites. Um, Wistot, I believe, has some yeah. links on their sites. So there there are multiple sources, but I can I can uh, point them if they if they wanted to email me at my city council email. And if you both would like to maybe just say that email out loud. Sure, it's uh, grab a G- pen. Grab G- a pen. Yonko, Y-O-N-K-O, Ward Four at uh, Menominee dot W-I. Wait, Menominee-W-I.gov. I have multiple emails. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have it tagged too. Thank we'll you. have it tagged too, and then Scott, your yeah. email. So mine is just my last name, and it's R O G E R S, not the way that quarterback that's not in Wisconsin spells it. <laughs> Traitor. Uh, R-O-G-E-R-S at, and then it's eauclairechamber.org, one word. Yeah, and don't be afraid. If you're listening to this and you'd like more information, we can pass that contact information along to you. It'll be dropped with the link for this podcast as well. But thank you so much for joining us today. The time goes so fast, and there are so many details. So um, I look forward to providing some updates as we see this evolve in our community, and, and I appreciate you being with us and providing your expertise today. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it.